Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Back with you on this great day in the USA. And if you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, download free the C.L. Bryant Show. And um, listen to us wherever you go. All the shows are cataloged there on the C.L. Bryant Show app. And hey, folks, I am so glad that you have come along with me here today, as I mentioned, to uh, build the bridge to conversation in our great nation. Looks like uh, Biden is edging out Sanders in New Jersey poll and uh, looks as though the New York Times can't pick one Democrat. uh, So endorses Klobuchar and Warren. So the New York Times uh, is giving actual credence because I think Klobuchar is a actually stronger candidate than Warren to what I had shared with you last week that Amy Klobuchar is a dark horse. She's a dark horse, and and I I don't know if you heard it. You heard me say it here again, then, but I'm going to say it again. I uh, see uh, a, a fight for the first woman president of the United States in 2024, uh, Klobuchar and uh, Nikki Haley. I've said it here on several occasions. I there. I've said it again. Klobuchar, Nikki Haley will battle it out for the uh, first woman president of the United States uh, come 2024. They will there will be a rise uh, in that. Of course, Warren's going to be around. She's going to modify her message. I'm sure she's still young enough to do it. Uh, She'll only be 74 uh, when uh, the president's second term is over. But the New York Times in a uh, a break with convention convention has endorsed two candidates for the uh, Democrat Party nomination for president. Uh, Senator um, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar from the party. Moderate wing and Massachusetts Senator <clears throat> Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren from, of course, the progressive wing. If you're a Democrat these days, um, you know it may be right, wrong, or indifferent to, to say it, but if you're a Democrat these days, you're, you're thought of as a progressive, uh, socialist, Marxist wing. You're part of that, whether you call yourself moderately that way. Or not. <laughs> You're part of that. And so um, I uh, it praised Warren as a gifted storyteller. <laughs> now, now, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, Warren should be absolutely praised as a gifted storyteller because that she truly is. Um, is she Irish or is she total, totally waspy, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant? Is she totally a wasp? Uh, if she is, has any bit of, I know she doesn't have, but maybe one 
centillionth of Indian blood. But uh, the the one thing that's um, I'm thinking that if, if she must have a good dose of the Irish because the Blarney she has she has kissed it, the stone itself. She's a great storyteller. The New York Times uh, says, and Klobuchar as very as the very definition of Midwestern charisma and grit. Full stop. And that's exactly why I have said to you that Klobuchar is the dark horse in this race. Even now, although she may not gain the nomination this time around, I don't believe she will. I think it's Joe Biden's to lose. But I believe that Amy Klobuchar is going to make such a statement. And she actually may be the VP. I just can't see how you can have Kamala Harris. I just don't say you can do it. Black people don't like Kamala Harris. And maybe maybe you'll go with Cory Booker, but Cory's never. Oh, my goodness. You put Cory Booker with one heartbeat away from the presidency of the United States. Really? You're going to you would really do that. I don't think you should. How could we? Is my is my question. How could we even think about doing something like that? Putting someone like Cory Booker within a heartbeat of the president or even Kamala Harris, for that matter. But I can see Klobuchar being put in that position. Joe Biden might be smart if he's not put upon by the race pressure, uh, the race hustlers and the the pressure of race, uh, putting a, a person of color in the number two slot. You might see Klobuchar being considered but she's going to have to win it for she's going to have to if she gets it if she is to gain any uh strength in the democrat party she's going to have to take it by going out and making a good showing here in this in these primaries that are coming up she's done okay in the in the debate some some of them she's actually shined last one she didn't shine as much But she's still a force. She's a voice. And this is what the New York Times says about her. And it's what most Americans feel when they are able to listen to her. And believe me, I'm not a Klobuchar uh, fan or anything of that nature. I'm just calling it like I seize it. And I'm seeing it that Klobuchar has what it takes to sway Democrats of the old school. And having had been one at one time, I can see her strength there. Many don't want to leave the party and they they would stay for any reason. And a woman like her in times like these can give them that reason to stay in the Democrat Party. The New York Times says it best. She is the very definition of Midwestern charisma and grit. That's what it takes. Those two things are the right stuff. And so uh, that's what uh, that's what the president has. Right. The president has the right stuff. And. Folks, you have the right stuff. 
And they want to silence that, as I was saying in the last hour. They want to make that uh, your voice mute and make your points moot. Your voice is mute and your points moot. By disregarding you have a voice at all. Fully, full frontal attack on your First Amendment rights as an American. So how can you have a say on your Second Amendment rights? Your rights to, to bear arms. If, you, if your voice is gone, if your voice is gone, then your, your chief weapon of persuasion is gone. And your chief weapon in defending your right to protect yourself is gone if you lose your voice. So you must keep it. Um, we're not going to be able to steer clear of this impeachment thing, although Mitch McConnell is weighing op- uh, options on uh, various rules to uh, cut this trial short. Yeah. And that's in the face of the Democrats going to scream that this is unfair. If they're not able to just redo this whole thing again, and personally, you know, and I, it may not be the best strategy, but I would drag it out if I was the Republicans as long as possible, because uh, it, it actually weakens the Democrats if it's carried out over a long period of time. It embol- it, it, it strengthens them. It strengthens them in their lunacy if they can uh, say that somehow they were mistreated and they will. Oh, there's no question that they will. It strengthens them. It strengthens their arguments. And so if I were the Republicans, I would drag this thing out as long as it were possible to give them every opportunity to come in and say whatever they want. Looney bin thing they want to say. I would drag it out. Pardon me. But we can't afford that. (laughs) <laughs> in the same breath, we we can't afford that. And so it is the better part of uh, common sense to uh, for McConnell to consider rules on how to uh, bring it short, cut it short. Yeah. Uh, he said, I am familiar with the uh, uh, with the resolution as it stood a day or two ago. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley told Axios, my understanding is that the resolution will give the president's team the option to either move to judgment or to dismiss at a meaningful time. And so we're going to examine how uh, we need to move to judgment to get this behind us so we can take care of the nation's business. But if you wanted to be uh, jaded in all of this, you just drag it out as long as possible and let this destroy the Democrats in the eyes of American people. Because, quite frankly, they are tired of this. I'm tired of it, aren't you? American people are tired of this going on. And they're absolutely seeing who is responsible for this going on the way it is. Yeah. 
And it's none other than Democrats who are responsible for all of this being the way it is emotionally in this country right now. What if all of us have the mantra, let's make America great again, leaving out any insinuations that in saying that we somehow mean make America white again? Huh? Why why don't we all, how come we all can't say that together? Let's make America great again. Without the insinuation by some in the Marxist Socialist Democrat Party that that somehow means let's make America white again, because it doesn't mean that if you are an American, if you love the nation that your foreparents uh, bled and died, suffered for to make sure that we could enjoy it. We stand on their shoulders. How is it then that we want to try and relive what they went through? They would not want that. Why, why do parents go through things now? Usually so that their children's lives can be better. And it appears that the uh, children, the uh, descendants of chattel slaves have somehow gotten so brainwashed that we want to relive what our ancestors already did and and to um, secure our American future up from slavery. And so they would like that type of uh, uh, attitude to be pervasive throughout the American population and they want someone i.e. white folks to feel guilty which helps in pushing across the agenda So wake up, wake up and understand that the fundamental change of America is still underway. They have not forgotten that they want to fundamentally change this nation. And you had better not forget that that is the end game. That's the end game. You better understand it. And so, my friends, um, here we are, headed into 2020, headlong into 2020 presidential election. And the most amazing thing about living is that you never know what tomorrow is. What's it going to bring? And that's what makes it so exciting. 
to live life in that moment. Looking, yes, to the future and forgetting those things which are behind you push forward. And, and, and in saying that, you, you, of course, learn from those things in your past. But you can't allow the pain of the past. America, stop us from reaching our great American future. And it's right in front of us. It's right there. And the saddest thing is to have young people somehow not understand just how blessed they are to be in the land of the free and the home of the brave. For that to be your birthright, your legacy, for that to be what you have in front of you instead of seeing themselves as somehow victims of who, who knows? But to see themselves as victors, is there a fire? <laughs> uh, what's going on? But anyway, let us then now see. This is one of those Edward R. Murrow or, uh, moments where you continue broadcasting, even though the flames are licking. <laughs> at, <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, and the bullets are, you know, whizzing by. Live radio. That's the deal. And hey, folks, when we look at the Trump team that's coming together, we're going to talk about this when I return. When we look at the Trump team that's coming together, it's a very interesting way that Alan Dershowitz you know, hey, well-renowned liberal wound up on the Trump team as one of his attorneys in this impeachment trial. It is going to be interesting. I'll tell you how that happened. Alan Dershowitz, attorney for Donald John Trump, one of them. I'm CL. We'll be back in just a little bit. Um, heading toward the home stretch of the C.L. Bryant show on this great day in the USA. Glad that all of you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And if you don't have both hours, you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant show, be sure to download free V-T-H-E, C.L. Bryant Show, and listen to us on the go anywhere you go. All of the shows are cataloged there. And want to thank you for coming along with us. Follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, C.L. Bryant. We're going to continue with more of the C.L. Bryant Show after these brief words. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. are lifted high Our hearts are bowing in reverence CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Glad that you are able to come along with us daily from 12.05 in the East until 2 p.m. in the East. Every day we want you to come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe. Hey, friends, you know what? The one thing that I um, have seen... And we, we we live in an age where everybody's always talking about the environment, the environment. Who better to talk about the environment than the American farmer? Huh? Now, earlier in the show, in the first hour of the show, I was saying how this $40 billion uh, or this trade deal with China is projected to be a $40 billion boon to the American farmer, which will bring him straight up out of the ditch. There's no doubt about it. The farmer, the American farmer, I come from a background of farmers. My wife comes from background of farmers in America salt-of-the-earth kind of people. Guess what they did? They have backed, and the president thanked him for backing this past week. He thanked him for back, backing him through this China trade war. And I really believe, now you have even some conservatives, uh, you know, uh, saying, you know, that it's not going to uh, work out, this China trade deal. But I'm saying to you, I believe this. I'm saying to you that this trade deal is good for China is why it's going to work out. The Chinese leader, the the dictator of China, uh, uh, President Xi, knows that this is good for his nation. His people are hungry. And the only thing that it takes to overthrow a dictator is hungry people. So even though the conservatives, uh, any many many conservatives are looking at this as something that may not may or may not work, I'm believing it has it it will, because the China it's good for China. And when you look at the windfall that we're talking about in the uh, coffers of the American farmer, 
if this comes into true fruition, then I'm telling you, happy days will be here again for all of us. The American farmer, the president, was selling him, go and buy him some more tra- new tractors because he's going to need them. Let's get the gra- Talk about the environment. Now, how? What, what are the progressives, liberals, saying about this? Huh? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they are saying. They are trying to find fault in the personality, not the personal work that he has done. The man, by the way, does not take a salary from you. I can't. I can't remind you of that enough. He doesn't take a salary from the American people. Yeah, he gives it to various charities, various interests that he has that are that are benef- benevolent. And 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 we're going to impeach that. Does that make any does that make any sense on any plateau on any level? I don't think so. And so here we are. In this uh, constant state of dealing with the madness that goes on and the farmers, the salt of the earth type people are bringing sense and sensibility to this whole China trade deal. It's good for the Chinamen. It's good for the Chinese if they're going to absorb that much, if they're going to get that, buy that much from us, then it's also good for the American farmer, which makes it good for the American economy altogether. Guess what? The price of food can actually go down. Oh, man. The price of beef can, the price of beef can actually go down. All of that can be of benefit not only to the Chinese, but to the American. And all of this is happening because of an aggressive free market president who wants to see trade happen in a fair way toward his country. And why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't America get a fair shake in this yeah, okay, so we're the richest nation on the face of the planet. That's exactly why we should have a fair deal in this. That's exactly for his benefit. Hey, listen, whether you like it or not, that's exactly what the president is trying to tell each and every one of us. It's because, it's because we're the biggest and the baddest. It's because we're the strongest that we should have a fair deal with everyone else instead of people taking advantage of us. Yeah. You should have a fair deal here. Okay, you come to me for uh, money. The fair deal is you pay your fair share back. You give it back. Okay, we have a problem that's facing our community. The fair deal is I'm going to chip in as much as I can. You chip in as much as you can. Fairly. Fairly. Do it fairly. The trouble that 
was pointed out when this president became president is that we were being treated like chumps. And we were. That had to stop. And it did. And for some reason, that's wrong. According to the progressive uh, socialist and Marxist, somehow that's wrong. I don't see what's wrong with that. What's wrong with that? Huh? Tell me what is wrong with being the biggest and the baddest and having to and getting your own fair share. Yeah. That's what we that's what we're asking for. And that's what has created this trade deal with China. Us standing up, putting on our suspenders, big boy suspenders. Pulling the pants up. And demanding that we not be treated like chumps by the rest of the world. That's what the president did. He demanded that everybody pay up. Forget speaking up. Pay up. Annie up. Your words have meant nothing. As far as, even though, listen, we're glad to have allies like we have. England, France, Germany. We're glad to have those types of allies. France. Did I say France? You know, Italy, even Italy, Canada. We're glad to have allies like that. Mexico, even. But everybody need to pay their fair share. They didn't like the tone of that. Who didn't like the tone of that? What tone? It's true. That's the one thing that um, I believe is the driving force behind this candidacy is that Americans are looking past the tone and seeing the truth. Oh, because we're polite people. We like for the tone of things. To be acceptable, right? That's the way we are. Because we're polite people. And what happens is that the truth of things get lost in uh, sweetening and um, making acceptable the tone. We get the truth lost. And so the true conversation never truly takes place. Americans, that's where we are. We are hung up on the tone and and that's what's that that is what Donald Trump is combating that's what's happening is that there are people who are hung up on the tone instead of seeing the truth in what he is saying how much further uh down uh, our american journey could we go if in fact we understood the truth of matters through the lens of analysis and 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 how much better would present day america be if we were able to pay attention to the achievements uh, 
garnered by Americans through this administration. How much better would we be as far as tone is concerned in this country if we understood that? America is a place that uh, is exceptional. And we do not want to become common like all the other nations who have been great and have allowed themselves to bathe in the downfall of socialist, Marxist, progressive governments, so-called progressive. Alan Dershowitz um, comes on board with Donald John Trump. And um, CNN reported and, of course, you know, you take all that with a grain of salt. Um, Alan Dershowitz, a high-profile attorney who recently joined uh, President Donald Trump's impeachment defense team, told CNN on Sunday that Trump had to convince his wife, Carolyn Cohen, about joining the team. Dershowitz told the network in an interview that the president called his wife to sell her on the idea for her husband representing their argument for the Constitution in the impeachment trial. Oh, that's going to be good. That's going to be so good. Alan Dershowitz uh, representing Donald John Trump uh, in his argument for the Constitution or the way his this impeachment stands constitutionally or unconstitutionally. I cannot, I cannot wait to hear Dershowitz's eloquence, elocution on this topic. And hey, folks, that's all going to kick off on uh, Tuesday. On tomorrow, on uh, yeah, um, kick kick off Tuesday. So, hey, this is going to be so, so good. <laughs> oh, especially for junkies like I am, political junkies like I am. This is going to be so good to have Alan Dershowitz, liberal, defending Donald John Trump on uh, against liberals on the Constitution. Dershowitz is one of the most brilliant minds in America. Actually, when you listen to Dershowitz, he is the true um, um, picture of what you would call a libertarian. And I lean, I leave conservative libertarian. Dershowitz lead, leans uh, liberal libertarian. And that's why both of us can defend without reservation any American who is standing on their constitutional Values and principles, though I may not agree with you, I will defend to the death your right to speak your mind. That that's important, though we may not agree with one another. 
The, in, the, in the American creed, in our DNA, we were founded upon these principles. I will defend to the death your right to speak your mind. Now, did we show that in our practice and principles? We did in war when we were defending the nation that would eventually become who we are right now. But no, we did not practice that the way we should have. But through it all, through our uh, uh, fight, our struggle, our growing pains as Americans, we have come to this point. But full circle, have we actually overcome anything? Because on the face of it all, when you look at it socially, oh, not economically, American is absolutely thriving economically. But when you look at it socially and really what is being said in the media as the way people of different so-called race interact in America, that is not something that's happening with uh, people outside of a certain uh, subculture who want to maintain ethnic dominance in their own approach to America. It's happening in those type of circles, but on average, you can go in a grocery store, post office, you can go anywhere you want to go in a restaurant, what have you. And you see people with people. And, And that is the way it, was dreamed that the sons and daughters of former slaves and the sons and daughters of former slave owners would sit down at the table of brotherhood. You actually see that in America today, except in the minds of progressive socialist Marxist media who want you to think otherwise. And those who are lost in the ethnicity dominance, the ethnic dominance that they want to make pervasive in this country, which self pride and pride in who you are is nothing wrong with that, but it can't define, it can't define the way you will interact When I return uh, with more of the C.L. Bryant show, looking back on our American past, looking at black folks, the Negro, as they were called in particular, I want to share something with you uh, as we head into so-called Black History Month. Um, uh, Carter G. Woodson never intended for this to be something in perpetuity. But we're going to talk about it when I return. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Concerned to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this great day in the USA home stretch today of the CL Bryant show. I am CL Bryant and glad that you could come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over uh, the airwaves of Red State Talk Radio. And also Loving Liberty and um, Liberty Roundtable, along with uh, terrestrials that replay the show throughout our nation. Um, Jane and I have relocated to the Denver, Colorado area. Loving it, especially the food. As I said to you, we are foodies. And the beauty of being here is the competition is so tough um, that uh, just about any restaurant that you go in, to the food is good and uh, Jane and I really love that and I want to thank all of you for your prayers uh, for my wife and her health as you know we have been on a journey uh, battling uh, breast cancer you all know that and uh, Jane is uh, real strong uh, in in this fight and we're thanking God for the the victory that he has given uh, to us and we do uh, solicit your continued prayers uh, and thank all of you who have uh, had uh, my wife on your prayer list. It is uh, incredibly important uh, to us that uh, you join your faith with ours. Uh, listen, everything that has transpired over the last um, four years when we're talking about the president uh, has come about because of every stitch of history that led us to where we are. You know, I am a um, person who have seen, have lived um, quite a bit, packed a lot of living into um, my life, a lot of different places, a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different things. Um, There's very few things I won't be able to discuss with you as far as living this life. We're talking about ups, downs, turnarounds, crazy things, seen both sides of any street, just about. And I thank God for it uh, because it has given me this platform in order to talk uh, to people, share thoughts, ideas, uh, even historical uh, context, as I am about to do now, 
on the state of our nation. And coming up soon will be the State of the Union address, uh, although we'll uh, see some modifications may come in that. But uh, all things uh, being equal, the invitation has already been uh, sent out to the president, but uh, and he has accepted that. But uh, who knows what may happen here in these days to come before the State of the Union address. Um, and so uh, I want to say this uh, from a historical perspective, that I lived in the days when uh, there were the, the segregated South. I grew up in the segregated South. Um, uh, I was a part of the first wave of integration in 1968 in uh, the segregated South, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, Lakeshore Junior High School is where I uh, went to to junior high school, uh, and myself and just about um, seven or eight other black kids went there in '68, um, and it was not the best experience. Although uh, me. I went along um, minding my own business. I never um, bothered anybody's. I just wanted to do my own business. If you were friendly with me, I was friendly with you. If you were unfriendly with me, I didn't speak to you. You know, just simple as that. And it it kept me out of uh, a lot of trouble, although you couldn't avoid some fights. Uh, There were some... um, uh, thugs, some bullies, white bullies, thug, white thugs and bullies uh, who, um, you know, just made it their business to make things tough on you back during that point in time. Um, but this is what I said all that to say this. When I look at the black community during the 60s, and all through the 60s, I, I was uh, part of one of the a very Afrocentric uh, or ethnocentric uh, church. We were very black. Our church, my church that I grew up in was a very black church <laughs> as far as culture was concerned. Our culture was very deep and thick uh, out of Galilee Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Dr. E.O. Jones, my pastor, uh, home church pastor, um, was um, very, very much a leader in that civil rights movement. Uh, And before him, you had C.O. Simpkins and people like that uh, who were were pushing, were leading the movement. Um, Dr. C.C. McLean and uh, Dr. Harry Blake, you know, um, so strong, strong personalities and characters that I grew up in their shadow. I understood that side and and looking at the black family and looking at the black community during that period in time, even though the times were not better or they were not as good as now, no way, as good as it is now, it was just that bad then. And there's no way that anyone who didn't live through that and didn't see that, the, the segregated water fountains riding on the back of the bus, uh, people getting beat up, and uh, the police uh, brutality, I mean, it was real then. I mean, it was real. It wasn't, it wasn't homespun now, even though I'm not saying that there's not police brutality now. Sure there are. But uh, it, was, it was a part of everyday life. Yeah, 
and and see the stolen valor that uh, young people, black and white young people, are stealing from those who lived through that uh, is that there is nowhere, there is nothing close to what the the uh, flavor and the mood and the tension, the smell in the air was then. As opposed to now, there there is no comparison. And what bothers me most, and this is why I'm saying this, black people were better people then. Even through the adversity. We were stronger families. We were stronger in faith. We had a better outlook for the future of our liberty and freedom. Our personal ability and accomplishments, uh, achievements, our personal achievements were things that were first and foremost in our mind. There was a slogan, a, 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 a mantra in the black community that black teachers before integration, I was in a, 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 a segregated school and a totally, totally segregated school. And the mantra, you would hear black teachers say this occasionally to blacks, to us, black students. They would say to us, be a credit to the race. So even though times were not as good back in the 60s and, uh, you know, the 70s, uh, times were not as good. But Looking back, and I'm telling you something that I've witnessed with my own eyes, what I've seen, looking back on the black family, the black church, uh, black uh, self-esteem and all of those types of things, we were a better people before integration. Not saying that integration's bad or not saying any of that. Uh, certainly I'm not. You know, uh, I've been in an interracial marriage for over 40 years, you know. So, you know, certainly I'm not saying that. But what I'm simply stating is, and, and this is what I'm talking about. See, a lot of people won't like the tone of what I'm saying without looking at the truth of what I'm saying. The truth is black people, when times were harder for them and the true thumb of oppression was being put on our necks it seemed as though we were better stronger more attuned more politically aware and astute people and since Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. We have not been the people that our foreparents were, and so we have not contributed to the American fabric in the way that we were anticipated to participate and contribute. By people like Frederick Douglass and people like uh, Booker T. Washington and even Dr. King himself, as recent as he is, he would be absolutely appalled, horrified, disappointed, total dismay over the things that black people are not only involved with, but also voting for and tolerating 
of them and tolerating within their own culture. He would be appalled at that. And so would our grandparents and great grandparents. If they were to look in on us now, they would be absolutely appalled at what they would see us voting for and also allowing not just uh, in the schools, but in your home. And the way that uh, we do and do not discipline our young people. I believe our grandparents, great grandparents would absolutely be appalled. I had the pleasure of spending some time um, recently with um, some friends of ours up in Fort Collins at uh, a friend's house. Um, uh, And uh, they had a young, they had a son and he was one of the most well-behaved young men that I'd ever seen. He was only three. He was only four years old. And um, he was incredibly, incredibly well-behaved. Listen, friends, you stay informed. And, of course, stay focused on the things that we teach our children and the things we don't teach our children because their behavior toward us is going to be important and incredibly significant here real soon. And so as we head toward Black History Month in America. Beware of the antics of progressive socialist Marxist Democrats, because once again, as in the time of Black Panthers and those types of movements, uh, there will be Marxist infiltrating the black community again, especially in this year, 2020. Mark my word. Antifa. Black Lives Matter, hands up, don't shoot. All of that will receive a new life as we move forward. Just beware. Well, I want to thank God for an opportunity to be here today and thank him for the end of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you next time. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show and may God bless and keep you all. I'm just a pilgrim on this road.